Well, let's get into the word this morning. As a time back, there were looking at uh, salvation, uh, how to know God, and the first thing we were considering is salvation, and we have a wonderful salvation. We looked at repentance, which is a change of direction, a change of mind, and we used the prodigal son in the story there. <clears throat> the second part of salvation that we looked at was regeneration. A change of nature, a change of nature, or change of heart. We have a new nature in Christ, and uh, <clears throat> that we need. And we used there Nicodemus. We must, we must be born again. Is the illustration there? We looked also at redemption, a change of position, a change of position. We were once on the in the slave market of sin. Now we've been purchased. Brought with a price, the price of the blood of the Lord Jesus. And this morning we look at reconciliation, part of salvation, a change of relationship. A change of relationship is reconciliation. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all your abilities you give us, all your gifts you give us, and the wonderful gift of salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we know that the majority, and you know that the majority of people here are already saved, regenerated, redeemed, washed in the blood, reconciled. But Lord, it does not hurt us to hear of the wonderful benefits of salvation again. And for those that might be here who are not saved, may they see that they need to come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ through faith by believing that he has done what he has done for their salvation. Bless the word as it goes forward today from a feeble vessel for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Reconciliation. Pastor Vesley, in his note from New Zealand, it was about an A4 page, said, um, Ken and he, my father-in-law, he had a falling out. I didn't know it had happened and for a few months after it had happened. This is some many years ago. But he said, we have worked it out. <laughs> we've, been, we've been what? Reconciled. Reconciled. <laughs> We're at enmity with one another over some things. Way back there, don't know what they all were, but it got worked out. And then they became best of friends. Yes, closer than before because of that working through the situation. And folks, we are all alienated from God. And we'll be seeing that. We are the enemies of God. We'll be looking at that. And we need to be reconciled. Before we part this life, we need to be reconciled. Reconciled with the creator of the universe. Let's look, <clears throat> if you've got an outline, you can follow it through, at being aliens. <laughs> you know, there's a lot about aliens, isn't there? 
we're putting out radio messages and whatever else out into the universe so that if there's anyone out there, they might contact us. Any aliens out there, they might contact us. And as I've said uh, many times before, there are, I believe in aliens, you know, but not the sort the world are looking for. The aliens that are, are us. <laughs> because God is out there in the third heaven. And we are the aliens. We've been alienated by God by birth, by belief, and by our belligerence, as you see in the outline there. We are the aliens. It's, we're not the ones at the centre of the universe. God is. He made it. He set it in order as it is. And so we're alienated from him. And that happened back in the Garden of Eden, just after he created mankind. Adam and Eve sinned and become alienated from God. Remember, for, prior to that, he could come and walk in the garden with them and fellowship with them, commune with them and talk with them. But then alienation happened. And he, where was man? He was hiding from God. Adam and Eve sewed fig leaves together and hid in the garden. And God, what was God's statement to them as he come? He knew where they were. But to draw them out, he said, where art thou? Where art thou? What's wrong? What's going on? Hast thou eaten of the fruit I told you not to? Hmm. They were the aliens. God was still walking right as he always has. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and look at scripture concerning this. <clears throat> aliens who need reconciling. Before Adam and Eve sinned, all was fine. They fellowship wonderfully. But then sin came and the fellowship was broken. Chapter 2, verse 11 of the book of Ephesians. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That circumcision is a Jewish thing. The Jews did and identified them as Jewish people. And there's the Gentiles. <clears throat> that at the time ye, Gentiles, were without Christ, being, what is it? Aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants. We had nothing to do with all the covenants God made with the children of Israel. Um, nothing to do with the nation, the commonwealth of Israel. And of the promises God gave to Israel, having no hope and without God in the world. We were in a terrible position. We who were Gentiles or non-Jewish people. But now, in Christ Jesus, you were sometimes were afar off, aliens, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath broken down, or made both one, and broken down the middle wall of petition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, the enmity, <laughs> Enemies, aliens, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances to make in himself of twain one new man so making peace, that he might reconcile both to God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity. God has done a good work and a great work, a beneficial work on our behalf to reconcile us to God 
we being aliens. Why were we aliens? Well, I've mentioned it already. Because of our sin. In Romans 3.23, if you know the Romans road that is, can be used to point a person to the Lord Jesus, chapter 3 and verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why we're alienated, because of our sin. No matter how good you are, how righteous you think you are, all our righteousness are as filthy rags before a holy God. And we must recognise, if we're going to be reconciled to God, that we are aliens, we have sinned, and we are estranged from him. There's only one way back to God. There's only one way to be reconciled. We've come short of the glory of God no matter how much. And I feel sorry for people who are working all their life to try to appease God, to please God by their works. Because they can work all their life and never come near to the righteousness of the Lord. Need to be reconciled by faith. Verse 9 of chapter 3, back in, in Romans. What then are we better than they? No, in no wise we've before proved both Jews and Gentiles. Whether you're in the nation of Israel, the commonwealth of Israel or not, they are all under, what's the word? Sin. As written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seeketh after God. God comes knocking on our heart's door and he seeks us. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. The Lord Jesus did. Over in Romans chapter 5. You see, we're aliens by birth. We are born sinners. You mean to say that beautiful bundle of noise, oh, joy, <laughs> you, you bring home from the hospital is a sinner? Yes. And if you've had children, you soon learn. They are sinners. They keep you up all night. <laughs> they cry for this and they cry for that. <laughs> yes, they're sinners. Remember, remember when we were at Kutamundra, young people, well, you're older people now, <laughs> and you're in your 40s, late 30s, there was a whole group of about 30 of us went up to Kutamundra. Pastor Clements got us there in the week of, a, I don't know what it was called, a religious week or something, wasn't it? Where they started the school year off with a religious thing. And, and Pastor Clements got us in there and it was in the Catholic Church, big church, wasn't it? Beautiful acoustics. I've never been in one like that. Well, I don't go in them. <laughs> and uh, that was used the biggest hall because it was all the state, the Catholic high school students, and all the <clears throat> there was the Catholics and the, the, the regulars, uh, high school kids from a whole area came in that day. Over a thousand students came to that. And we were given the opportunity to minister to them. And, and I think Tony preached and Colin McDowell preached. I did 10-minute sermons and, and skits and songs. We did it uh, pretty full on. The teachers all walked out. They were really upset with us. They didn't, didn't like what we were saying. And, this, and the two principals had to stay in there. <laughs> they were right in the front seat, right there, <laughs> listening to everything. <coughs> But they said, the teacher said, you have put our students back by years by telling them they're sinners. 
I said, well, the message got through, didn't it? <laughs> That's what we wanted to tell them. <laughs> because they were trying to build up their self-esteem and saying, you're good people, you're positive, you know. And we come in and said, you're sinners, you need to be saved. And uh, they were very upset with us. And they all walked out and the young people were brave enough and all had tracts to give to all the kids as they walked out of the hall. To that. And we were, not, we were not invited back the next year <laughs> to that week. But we did have an opportunity and the young people were faithful to do the ministry of telling the truth. We are born sinners, aliens by birth. As it says in Romans chapter um, 5 verse 12 where we're going wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and death passed upon all men for that all have sinned and so you see there's the need for reconciliation all have sinned all are alienated by by their sin from God in verse 19 of the same chapter for Romans 5, for by one man's disobedience were many made sinners. And previously it's said all, so we understand all were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, the Lord Jesus, many are made righteous. It's by his offering, his death, his life, his perfection, that we now can be made righteous before God. In Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death and that's not just dying and going in a grave that's eternal death eternal separation and, and <clears throat> death is separation and it's eternal separation from God in a place called hell forever and ever the Bible describes the horror of it God knows all about it he created it he made it and you say well God before before man was created hell was created you say well, God was already planning to throw people in hell ah no because the Bible says hell was created for the devil and his angels he was, it was not created for any man to go to hell God's intention was not that but he hath enlarged hell because so many go on the broad road to destruction and fall off into eternity through death and are not saved so no matter how good you think you are you are not according to God good we are born sinners born alienated and we need reconciliation we are not only <coughs> aliens by birth we're aliens by belief if we go back to Ephesians Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 and we read there for our light affliction oops that's Corinthians <laughs> Ephesians 4 and 17 to 19 <clears throat> this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds he's talking to the Ephesians that were Gentiles so you don't walk like you you're, you're your fellow citizens in, in Ephesus, in the vanity of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And who's blinded their hearts? Satan. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 
who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to walk, work all uncleanliness with greediness, but ye, Christians, have not so learned Christ. That's the position we're in by our belief. And, you know, unsaved people have belief. You challenge them with salvation and they'll argue for what they believe. There's usually evolution today. They have a belief and it's contrary to God. And they go out, they like a belief that can let them do what they want to do and sin like they want to sin with impunity and think they can get away with it. And no answering to God after this. And there is an answering to God after this. They're past feeling. They're past the point of repenting. Almost. They're past the point. They're, they're so enjoying the life that they live. You know, unsaved rich people just live it up. But they're not satisfied. They're not content with what they've got. They want more than the world. You know, because God has put a vacuum inside that only he can satisfy. They're past feeling. They're giving themselves up over their lasciviousness. Work all uncleanliness with greediness. That's them. But ye have not learned Christ. <laughs> you don't learn that from the Lord Jesus. So in their belief. Well, Acts, it tells us in Acts 17, and we won't go there for sake of times, and verse 22, where Paul went to Mars Hill. They were unbelieving people. Well, they were believing people, but they didn't believe in the God of the Bible. They hadn't heard about God of the Bible. <laughs> of the Old Testament. They hadn't heard about the God of the Jews. And Paul said, to the unknown God whom ye ignorantly worship. Because <laughs> they had a statue there to the unknown God. Well, that's what they Paul, Paul said. This is the statue had and what was written on it, a, a plaque there to the unknown God. Just in case we've missed a, a God we don't know about. Well, Paul said, him I declare unto you. He is the creator of ourselves. We are his offspring, Paul said there. <laughs> But their belief there was everything but God. Isn't it amazing how people will go for everything but the truth? They'll aim at every God but the truth. Nations, whole nations, India, who's their God? Islamic, who's their God? Oh, they, they will choose everyone but God. And it's Satan doing a dastardly work in the lives of the world's people to damn them to hell with himself forever. And by belief, false belief, they believe everything but the truth. Romans chapter 10. Romans being a wonderful doctrinal book that it is. Paul brings out these truths. And as you actually go through Romans, it develops the whole theme of salvation to the point of glorification in chapter 8 of Romans. <clears throat> in Romans chapter 10, he's talking to the Jewish people and he said this to the nation, rejecting nation, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man that doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. And then he, th those wonderful verses in verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. This is the belief we must have to be saved. 
You see, the Jewish belief was that they could do all these works, they could do all these sacrifices. You know, God gave those sacrifices for them to do way back in Exodus there. Do this and do that. And so they were keeping them, but they were keeping them not in a relationship with God, but in a a works, tradition, thank you, relationship that wasn't getting them to heaven, wasn't earning them righteousness. And they continued, and Paul was in the boat himself doing that, and he could write this right from his heart when the Holy Spirit inspired him. They were ignorant of God's righteousness. God's righteousness in Old Testament and New Testament comes by believing by faith on the Lord Jesus Christ and repenting of one's sins. He gives us his righteousness as a gift. He imputes it to our account. And he takes our sin on himself. What do you believe? (laughs) Do you believe you're going to work it? He can do some religious activity to get right? No. The scriptures plainly say no very loudly. (laughs) Then it says, confess with your mouth, believe with your heart, thou shalt be saved. As I say many times, if there's a lot of unsaved people, I will say, not by being baptised you get to heaven. It's not by joining a church you get to heaven. It's not by works you get to heaven. It's not by activity, it's by faith in the Lord Jesus. So aliens by birth, aliens by belief, and aliens by belligerence. Yeah, look at Romans chapter 1 and how belligerent man has become, how anti-God and anti-God's way man has become. This is 2,000 years ago. What are we like now? Well, we're educated heathens. That's what we've got in the scientific world, educated heathens. And an educated heathen is a very dangerous person to themselves and to everybody else. I mean, I don't, I'm not against education. <laughs> a Christian should go for it and do what God has given an ability to do and learn it and learn it properly because you're only researching what God has already laid down, the laws that he's laid down. You know, <laughs> uh, I didn't really like algebra. No, I had to do it. But algebra and physics, I enjoyed that more because you could work out practical solutions to things. Um, and, and the other one, what was it? Chemistry. And those... <clears throat> but after, as a young person, I was saved... I realised this is God's work. These people are teaching me what God, the laws God has laid down. When you put X on this side or X on that side, that's the way it is. <laughs> it, it just works that way. And these laws are consistent. Pi, what is it, three and one seventh or whatever, you know, it's... Con- Point one four. Point one four, okay. <laughs> They're consistent. <laughs> And they will be consistent until God changes the rules. And it's up to him. But unsaved people, looking at all the details, the doctors and the experts in research, finding out all the wonderful truths of God's creation, as small as it is, still working. Yet they deny God. And there's thousands of them now saying it can't have evolved. Unsaved still, it can't have evolved. God is bringing them along to a point where they'll have to admit that he is God. And he designed it so. He created it so. 
but in the belligerence of unsaved people when they knew God, it says in verse 19 of chapter 1 of Romans, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. As they study it through, as they look at it, for God has shown it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even by his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. They need to be reconciled, they're aliens, but in their belligerence they deny God whom they're studying the works of every day, who they look at toward the heavens and see his handiwork, but they deny it, deny it. They're belligerent about it. They'll shake their fist in the face of God, denying him. Because when they knew God, in verse 21, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. You know, we can do it without God. We can, we can have the planet survive. What has God said? Lest those days be shortened, all flesh would be destroyed. That's what man's going to do. Man's not going to have it survive. Man's not going to work out the problem. The G20 people have met and they'll come away with all their solutions, but they're not going to solve the problem. It's just going to go down and down. Yes, they need to get right with God. Their imaginations, their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. I remember being at a few graduations at university. And all the guy, all the lecturers, how many all dressed up? I just grinned. I really, I literally grinned, <laughs> and thought, you know, the psychologist amongst them and all the others thought they were somebody, and they were issuing degrees upon the graduates, and and you know, having them pass. I thought, you don't know, the main thing of life, is to know God. And if you knew him, all that learning would fall into perspective. <laughs> and creationists actually have a big advantage on those who are not creationists. Because when they study things, they go from the perspective of what the Bible has said, the past history. And they can look for the evidence, knowing what has already happened, of a witness that was there when it happened, God, <laughs> and saw it happen and made it happen often. We don't have to shake our fists. You know when the, <clears throat> the Lord was crucified, rose again, and the Pentecost had happened, in Acts chapter 2, there it's referred to the wicked hands have crucified the Messiah. They denied the Lord Jesus Christ. They hated him and they said he blasphemed when he declared himself to be the son of God who he was and in their hardness of heart they built that hardness up so when the apostles come preaching the truth ye by wicked hands have crucified the Messiah they continually got a hardened heart they resisted more they pushed back against the truth belligerent and, and have they repented yet? That was 2,000 years ago. As I point that way. That's where they are. Over in Israel, have they repented yet? No. They're still pushing back against God. 
They're still belligerent. It seems it's like little children. When you tell them to do something, they'll say, no. <laughs> the old nature comes up. When people are told to repent and get saved and believe by faith on the work of the Lord Jesus, they say, no, it can't be that easy. <laughs> it can't be that simple. But it is. <laughs> God has said so, that children can be saved. Come unto me. The little ones, forbid them not to come unto me. <clears throat> we are not only alienated, but we're enemies. I have got a clock up here. <laughs> Chapter 5 of Romans. And we've <clears throat> read of this in Ephesians already. But we're enemies <clears throat> of God. We are born enemies. <coughs> God hath committed... This is chapter 5, verse 8. God hath commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, there's the words, enemies and reconciled, aliens and reconciliation, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. And that can also be by whom we have received the reconciliation. You are, yes, born enemies, but have you been reconciled with God? Are you back to being his friends? He tells his friends what he's up to. He, Jesus said that, didn't he? I'm not going to leave you in the dark, but he's told us he's friends who have been reconciled. Do you understand what he's told us about future things? He, he said, I'm your friends. I'll tell you what's going to go on. Romans chapter 8, verse 5. That's because we've been reconciled. He tells us these things and <coughs> brings us from being his enemies to being his friends. 8, verse 5. For they that are after the flesh, to mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God for is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. <clears throat> to be carnally minded. I heard a preacher say once, he adamantly said, a Christian can't be carnally minded. I think he can. Because Romans 7 and 6 talks about that the opposition we'll have in our own hearts about that, the old nature and the new nature. If we serve the old nature, we'll be carnally minded. And we can be carnally minded by thinking of fleshly things as Christians, which we can think of. Or can we, we can be spiritually minded by listening to the Spirit of God through the Word of God declare what we should be doing. And to be carnally minded is death. It's death in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot have the fellowship we could have if we were right with him, walking right with him. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. But chiefly talking about non-Christians, carnal mind is the only mind they've got. And they're enemies of the Lord. James 4.4 4 reads, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. We are his enemies. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20. 
<clears throat> Colossians chapter 1 and verse 20 and down to 23. We have the enmity that we have, that we are his enemies if we're not reconciled to him. Verse 20, and having been made, made peace through the blood of his cross to reckon by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. This word comes up over and over again in multiple books. To be reconciled, enemies, aliens. And, that, and it comes in together to reconcile, alienated. And so we're not, <coughs> uh, you know, those little men with slant eyes and a big, big head that they point aliens to be. <laughs> Though as God looks at us, no, God can't look on sin, can he? <laughs> he hides his face from our sin. He cannot look upon sin. But, <coughs> and, and, and we're to him very gross in our sin. But when he saves us, we become his children. He reconciles us to God. And the passage that we read will go to conclude with this morning in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And there's five times that word reconcile is, is used there. So, ask yourself the question, am I an alien from God? Am I an enemy of God? Or have I been reconciled? And let's read those verses. Verse 18. All things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. Have you been reconciled to God? Five times that word there is used. And he's given to you, he's given to me, the ministry of reconciliation. We are to go out and tell people that they need to be reconciled to God because they're his enemies and they're alienated by them, their works, by birth, by belief and by belligerence in their beliefs. They need to be reconciled to God. Unless a person realises they're unsaved and sinners, they don't need, see the need of being reconciled. They don't see God as their enemy. Religious people need to be reconciled. Christians need to be reconciled if we've got out of sorts with God. First John chapter 1 talks about that. Get right with the Lord. That we might go out and tell others, as the psalmist David said, then will I teach sinners the error of their ways when I get right with God. You know, don't go out talking about the Lord when you've got a very bad testimony among the people you work with. Don't, don't say you're a Christian unless you're walking right with God because you're a bad testimony and people will say if that's religion or that's Christianity, I don't want anything to do with it. Be reconciled. All of us need to be reconciled <clears throat> to God, to the Lord Jesus. If we're unsaved, get reconciled. If you're saved, remain reconciled huh. with God as your friend. Huh. Much better than being his enemy. Let's pray.
Thank you, Lord, for the teaching of your word on being reconciled. And it's not us, Lord, that can do it. It's you, through what you've done. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And may we all be reconciled by faith. And Lord, if we're out of sorts with you <coughs> as Christians, may we confess our sin and you will forgive us of our sin. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.